What up? Welcome to Tracks of Life. I'm Jordan. And I'm Fabian. And that's Rooney. Yeah, she's sitting over here. She's not going to bark this time. We try not to. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We got Mike Karen this week, man. Dude, this guy, (laughs) he's like single-handedly changed the music business. Yeah, for real, bro. For real. I can't wait to share this with everybody, man. It's so cool. Like a lot of people, our fans are, you know, they're in the music business, but a lot of you aren't. Yeah. So if you're not, this guy's an absolute legend, man. Signed some of the biggest artists, produced some of the biggest records. I mean, just set a lot of people on the path for success. Yeah, I mean, he, he signed T.I., Trey Songs, Flowrider, Wiz Khalifa, Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> CeeLo. Like, 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 the guy is a legend. Yeah. yeah, man. And he's huge in the publishing market. Like, he's like, the guy, he just covers all, everything music is <laughs> yeah, him, man. He, so, he yeah. is the Wizard of Oz. For sure. <laughs> for, behind the curtain, man. Exactly. For sure. No, man. It was a very humbling experience. We're happy to have him. Yeah. I learned a lot. You will, too. Check it out. first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Welcome, Mike. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you. We got the we got the the quick rundown of the of the idea. Yeah, yeah. You basically, could. we started we started the idea because he and I were having the conversation, and we were talking about how certain songs, regardless of when they were put out, give people certain memories just based on the moment that it began to mean something to them. Like mm-hmm. the my, the one I the album I listened to in my first car was a big one for me. Like mm-hmm. no matter when I put it on, I like I feel the weather mm. of that part of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm like in my first car. I'm like independent. My parents are at home. They got no idea where I am, and I'm just like cruising, listening to an Incubus record. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's not my favorite album of all time, but it's it. It's just one of those memories. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Time machine almost. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Right? Mine's New Kids on the Block. <laughs> My first oh, yeah. concert, man. Imagine me, but I was a kid, so yeah, I, I took my sister, but well, she took me, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's so every time I hear that, I think of that. You know what I'm saying? Who was your favorite kid? Jordan, man. Sup? No, nothing. No, because <laughs> he had the high octave. Remember Jordan? Like, he could hit them crazy yeah. notes. Like he had. Mike's like, I don't remember. <laughs> no, no, I actually remember, and I had curly hair, just like one of those. One of those kids at the at the like at the their peak, I got like uh, confused for one of them at like an amusement park uh-huh. and got to see oh, really? what that was like. <laughs> I had like a you know you just used it to cut lines. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah no no. <laughs> <laughs> I signed an autograph as uh, as Justin Timberlake once yeah. when I was Did younger. You really? Yeah, that's amazing. And I didn't really look like him, but I was like. I'll, okay, take, with it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, why not? She was topless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> nice. I won't say where I signed. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Man. Nobody ever, I don't get confused <laughs> for anybody. If I go to, you know, I'm only famous to nerds. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
So Mike, tell us, man. Nerd famous is 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 like pretty high now these days. Yes, I I mean, but that's always been my favorite part of my end of the business because like you could you know make a living and nobody bothers you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you just go and do it. You know what I'm saying? Is that why you schedule appearances at so many conventions? (laughs) (laughs) As many as you can get. (laughs) If they're paying, I mean, you go outside, you give the valet your ticket, like get your own fucking car. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is this guy doing? (laughs) Didn't didn't you Uber here? Yeah. (laughs) So, Mike, what do you got to share with us, man? Wow, you know, we were talking before about <clears throat> memory and how uh, we all think we have good memories until yeah. we realize they're not, <laughs> you're on the spot. There's a good, microphone in front of you. But, yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, um, oh God, I, I know I can I can tell you about music that um, that changed my life. Mm-hmm. I could think about um, I do. You know, there is those things where you it's, it's, it seems funny. I think about a lot of mem- memories connected to music. They're not always necessarily the most like influential music in my life because um like i remember i remember taking a, a vacation and we i brought i had three cds mm-hmm. and listened to these three cds just over and over and over i remember there was a postal service album it was a um the one of the air albums and the virgin suicide soundtrack nice. okay and it was in it was in um hawaii and i cannot put any of those like if i hear any of that music it's immediately north shore Kauai, the temperature <laughs> the, the breeze the breeze, right? the yeah. smell the, there's a you worse know, place the, for music to take you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> I would listen to postal <laughs> service all the time <laughs> yeah exactly with your Hawaiian shirt on yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but I do I do, like one of the most one the memory that I can say is connected to um to an influential album I would say would be um Tribe Called Quest Low and Deary mm. Which was a big album for me. Which um, I was thirteen and and had just um, just started getting into DJing. I think I had had it like a turntable and a cassette deck and a CD player, and I was mixing the three uh-huh. of them on this realistic mixer with no crossfader. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Trying to figure. So out you were just you were just rocking, man. I had like you know it was a weird it was a weird time in music where like all three formats were going at the right. same time, <laughs> and you're sort of like moving over. And you know, I only got a record player because I was starting to get a DJ, uh-huh. but I didn't have enough for two at the time, right. and I had most of my music on either cassette because up to that point, and then I was like transitioning the CD, right. so like all three formats. It's worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> For a DJ, <laughs> a turntable, a Mickey Mouse cassette player, <laughs> and a discman that skipped, exactly. and a mixer with no crossfade, dude. Yeah. Exactly, hey, you got through, and a real air yeah. horn, right? <laughs> and then, and then DJing, you know, first of all, I had to replace my record collection, so I was, in which I couldn't, you know, I had my CDs and cassettes to, mm-hmm. to be able to to do and put a party set together and to get vinyl, so you were like had you know allowance and whatever mm-hmm. odd job money, and I had to. To, to replace this so I was going to use record stores mm-hmm. and of course none of them had like what you wanted so <laughs> of you kind of had to like it's the leftover crap right <laughs> yeah, exactly so then you started just going through records and uh-huh. just uh, you know two three four dollars to mm-hmm. try to just get enough to fill a crate or two you know? <laughs> right. so, like, so you, you look kinda, right going yeah, in right? <laughs> exactly but then you didn't want to just you didn't want to spend even three bucks on a record that you didn't want so you would they, you could pull them all out there's a turntable and you could just listen to everything uh-huh. um, and I think that like changed 
My, and it's it's crazy to say this because like now any ver- anybody has access to every single yeah. piece of music yeah, instantly like, too right there yeah but but back then you only had ex- you know you only had the access to music that was available at the record store in your town that you could afford right yeah, like, exactly. I mean just think about yeah. that like yeah. you might not or the radio right exactly like, whatever was uh, in, you know your radio your the signal strength and right. what's the, what yeah. what um. Uh, stations were available in your area. It's just yeah. so limiting. You were just so sheltered. And if you were but, young, what your parents would let you buy too. That's I true. Remember I or used what to they go would listen play. to Eminem in the record store. Uh-huh. I listened to it again and again and again <laughs> before my parents were like, "Did you pick something yet?" Because I knew I couldn't get that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Or what your older brother or sister had. Yeah. You right. know, my 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 sister put me on a lot of uh, music that, like, um, at the time, um, I didn't know what I felt about. Soon after, I determined it was terrible, and <laughs> now I probably release a lot of music just like it. Similar to so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's just um, you know, it's all all there for a reason. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So so some point, like probably within the first year of DJing, um, I heard Low End Theory, and then it just you know it was sort of like sometimes you can't blame people's tastes and bad music because they just have never been exposed yeah. to good music. But right. then when you get exposed to good music, like what you know path it leads you, and that that led me like down path of you know you learn about the sort of native tongues mm-hmm. and it brings you to De La Soul and leaders of new school and all these things. But mm-hmm. then it also led me to like. That, like I just got fascinated by samples and something yeah. about the uh, low end theory and some soon period after that I started understanding what samples were and um, and, and listening to the stuff that they sampled and that just 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 kind of like opened and, and that all, and, and you're, way, and you're every, young at this point you're 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 like a kid you're like a teenager where how what are we how yeah are we that, was, that was like the uh, 13 14 yeah, right yeah 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 that was taking the bus or like waiting for the weekend to get your mom to drive you to mm-hmm. you know a record store and um, um, and then, and then I, and I think other memory, like I think probably at that, you know, of those next couple of years, um, um, the, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Midnight Marauders, the, the Midnight Marauders album, mm-hmm. I think was probably like the first like super anticipated album where yeah. you like waited till album release. Uh-huh. And I have lots of memories. You of were like, excited for it. You were hyped ex- for this. <laughs> excited for it, waiting for it. And then like when it got it, like just, you know, that week of release, I have like several yeah. memories of like that, that time. That's uh, one of the things I miss about like, the old school way of getting music is just like the anticipation for one day and waiting and hoping they yeah. sell out and hoping you get your one thing. Right. Cause now and you're in line with like like-minded kids yeah. waiting to get it. You know, it's an it's a excitement that's not you get, you, that doesn't you exist. You save the T-shirt so you have it on that right. day. Yeah. Yeah. That still happens. It just doesn't happen to you, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess you got, so. Yeah. You got distractions of you know rent and work and yeah. all these things. Life, right? But, I mean, like, why are people lining up for like a you know a Supreme or clothing yeah, drop true. or uh-huh. whatever? It can't be just for the item itself. It's that experience, yeah. that anticipation. Yeah, well, that, and that, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that and makes sense. and then people, you know, some some people get a little short change now. When just somebody just drop announces something like yeah, without like right? there's there's a there's some fun and people don't want to admit that they like waiting for things but yeah. I think sometimes they do yeah I do I love I love the anticipation that's why I still love I love watching movie trailers me too, it, it me gives, too. I'll sit there and watch like twenty movie trailers in a row and just pick the ones that I'm just stoked uh-huh. to come out well, you're like also guy. you're like also 
getting the best parts of the movie without having them watch <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. Right. Or, so so you might have, or the worst parts. You know, and that's the worst part too when you go to actually watch the movie and you're like, uh, this is the whole fucking trailer and all the good parts in the trailer. Yeah, I'm like, okay, saw the trailer, awesome, done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I'm good. I don't, no, I don't got to waste two hours. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll watch like a five minute trailer sometimes and by the end of it, I'm like, uh, what? what did you leave out? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, really? You ever been disappointed and you go to like watch the trailer like on iTunes or something and it actually is like a scene in the movie. It's not even like a real uh, trailer. Old, old, old ones. I think yeah. that's still, yeah. so there's still some old movies I'm not sure if I want to see or not. Right. Yeah. But talking about sampling, Mike, you know, Mike is responsible for one of my favorite records of all time. He created, he grabbed the sample, flipped it, called Swagger Like Us. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. That's later on. I know we're talking early, but mm. I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead in time, but... <laughs> I could tell you, I could tell you uh, that I have the absolute memory of, of when I heard that record, where like literally um, was at a place on Santa Monica Boulevard upstairs. This doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and was um, and I, I wish I knew what DJ was played the um, the MIA record uh-huh. and, and and heard that lyric. And You're like, it was this just is it. like a text. I think I texted a DJ friend of mine. It was probably twelve thirty in the morning. Like, uh-huh. you think is the acapella of this out there? Uh-huh. You know, and, and it was just it. like, yeah, it was just the same thing happened to me, like almost within weeks um, where I heard um, somebody was playing a, a chop up of the, um, I think it was the Annie Lennox record that uh-huh. they used for that, that I immediately heard and said, this I got a flip and uh-huh. then somebody I don't know if like Pop Wenzel was like you know listening to that same bootleg but he beat me to it uh-huh. and, he, and for, for a Nicky single uh-huh. but that thing like as soon as there was another one just instant instant moment uh-huh. um, you feel it like you're like that's gotta do something with that yeah. so you know it's like it's like how could you not mess how yeah. could you like you know how could you mess that up? Right, exactly. Yeah. And it was a good movement that create that you created with it because, like, it was like the rat. Remember the Grammys? They made like the new Rat Pack. Yeah. I remember yeah. they did almost like a black and white yeah. thing. It was just such a cool. It was cool, you know. what I'm saying at the time, it was like it was like the epitome of cool, you know. <laughs> I loved that song, and I remember when I heard the I heard the I heard your version first. And so I went back to the MIA version. You're like, oh, this is a song? <laughs> well, no, no, no I, uh, but I, I, I listened to the whole thing, like waiting for that line, because uh-huh. I just, I figured it was in the chorus. Right. And it mm. just like, it skated right by me right. the first time I listened to it. And I'm just like, <laughs> that made it so much cooler, because it's like, yeah, it, the way that the fact that you just like heard that line right. and the I think it's in like the second well that's verse the genius of it right? yeah, yeah that's like it sounds like a random like like two minutes and three seconds <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly but that's the genius of it Mike you know for sure I have like thousands of MP3s that are marked like at two minutes and three seconds oh yeah I believe <laughs> at one forty three at like. 32 seconds where like I, I don't want to every time I go back to play it I don't want to have to listen to the whole song to remember uh-huh. what, what it was I loved about it <laughs> right. yeah. so it just go right right to that <laughs> that part Mike is a meticulous guy you don't know what it's like mixing <laughs> records with Mike Karen. you have no idea the stories are endless oh, sure I'm sorry no he's like a, dude he's, he's like a, let's try that you know that hi-hat I feel like it's just it's not a volume thing. Let's try like a quarter dB. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I've never said a quarter dB. Well, <laughs> he denies it every time I accuse him of it. He denies it. I would say 0. 0.2. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the perfectionist ear. It's like, oh my God, it's four in the morning. I just want to go to sleep. Fuck this. <laughs> Sorry. Hour, you, know? you know, I don't know. They, they, they add up. It's like um, sometimes uh, when the record goes to like two or 11 mm-hmm. or, like, or like 23, you're like, did I not? Like pay attention. To right. What, what, did I, what could we have done? Right. right? To go, was yeah. to, like, to go yeah. the extra way. So was the you know was the verse too long? Right. Or, you know. 
No. So you just want to go to bed at night feeling like you, you didn't like hold back. Actually, uh, Craig Kalman like would like encourage me. He was just like, you know. And I actually, I was really one of the surprises I had was uh, I asked once uh, Serbin like what his pet peeve was mm-hmm. on mixing, and he said when people don't give me feedback and they go and mix it with someone else. Right. And, give like, give, give yeah. me his comment uh, first. Right. Uh, well, he was like, and I was like, what if they gave you like twenty versions and you were like, and and after twenty versions and they were just like they didn't want you to drive. They just. They, they want to bother you, right. like, and just be like, "Oh my God, this guy's going to kill me." I'm asking for twenty version twenty one. Right. Let me just go take it to someone else. No, he goes, "I want, I want it." Yeah, I want the challenge. I feel the same way. I agree with him on that because I've I've actually been there where it's been like, like you're mixing and then everybody just disappears and then you're then you hear this song come out. You're like, "What, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, am I am I that?" Off, you know what I mean? But it's like, but I see from your perspective, it's like I don't want to bother him again. Maybe or or maybe I was that far off. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I I think I would just say after I heard that comment, I love that kind of feedback. I would just say, hey, do you want to go to twenty one? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or, At least have a combo, want, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but even talking about like taking songs like, and I could share a million stories with Mike because we've done so many yeah. songs together. But like there was a record and I they actually did I they did an article about it and we spoke about I spoke about Mike in the in the article it was like mm. it's a record called Low by Flow Rider with T Pain. Mm. And it was out for months. Like it was out for a while. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really going but he believed in it, you know, and, yeah. and it goes back to what he was just saying. And it was like, well, let's try a new mix on it because it was it was out with uh, there was another mix or rough. I don't know if it was it, it. I think it was mixed. No, the first version. So here's the story with that song. It was it wasn't mixed and it was out and it started to pick up in Miami. And then um, we tried to clear T Pain and uh, he didn't want to be on the record. Oh, all right. At the time, and then um, and then so I went and found somebody who sounded just like T Pain, uh-huh. and I had same like Reggie or something. So yeah, like, Reggie. Yeah. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie killed it, and yeah. Reggie, um, when we we replaced him, we got a big film thing, and it was starting to really take off. And then I got the the call that like Payne wants to, to right. be back on the record, and I, I we put it back. He put his vocals back in the mix, and I said, you know, it's missing something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I realized there was some harmonies that Reggie did that like added some flavor to it that yeah. was like missing on the Payne version. <laughs> so much work. <laughs> so we threw that back in there, and then um, and then you know whatever. Whatever happened, but the funny thing is, every time I'm in Atlanta and I hear the song over the years, they only play the Reggie version. I've never heard the T Pain really? version on the you radio in Atlanta. That might, you know what? I feel like you're true. I feel like that's because I've actually been with Pain before, and he's like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, We've actually had that conversation. Like, damn, man. But there's Oops. definitely four different mixes of that yeah, song floating that exist around in different places that you hear at different times. Yeah, and it, and it, and that song like. I was explaining, like talking. We were talking earlier about some of the things that that you were responsible for, and that was that was like one of the early introductions to download music. That was like one of the first big songs, mm. if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? That that really made an impact as a download versus physical sales, right? It, that was a big one. That mm. one, I gotta check. It's gotta be getting close to diamond. I think it's very it was, close. Gotta be. It yeah. was at nine the last time I checked. Um, like wild. it was probably a year ago. <laughs> yeah, that's wild, man. But, that's um, crazy. Yeah, I, it, it was. And, and right, right round the next one was mm-hmm. the um, the. I think it still might be the record for most downloads in a week, which was which was, was, was right round, right? Yeah, it was right oh, round, right round. Yeah, yeah that, in one week, in mm-hmm. one week, it had just a huge. It had leaked, and then it built up a demand, and it had this one. <laughs> One huge week, but it leaked um, before the week. 
It had leaked, yeah, a version of it had and leaked it like a couple weeks. And at that time, it had built up, yeah, mm. demand. So when it came out first week, legally, it just, just went. That's awesome. And everybody was fiending off of Get Low, right? So yeah. they were like, the next one's got to be... And that song was crazy. Oh, that so song good. was yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That one was uh, Aaron Bashuk's idea. He had mm. he had wanted to flip the... Um, the uh, um, spin me around like mm-hmm. a record, like yeah. for like a long time, and finally found the right person and, and, the, and the right beat that I had given him. That um, and it's just it's just magic. You know? That song always takes me right to Hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. right. Like the yeah. Perfect, like perfect yeah. song for that Definitely. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the way they shot that scene where they were, yeah, exactly, yeah. incredible. But leave yo, but leave it to you though, Mike. Like yo, talking about Flowrider, this dude finds the scariest. Six foot eight guy <laughs> with no neck, arms like you know, 24 inch biceps, and turns him into the biggest pop star in the world. Like, who does that, man? Oh man, he's he's like he's a he was a big teddy bear. You know? just, I never saw that, but uh, yeah, he's talented. He's talented. I remember the first song I heard from him, um, it was uh. Or at least the second song. The first song I heard from him was Birthday, but mm-hmm. the second song was this uh, song called, uh, uh, I don't know if it was called Green or it was called Stop Sign, but it was definitely like like I'm different, like a green stop sign. Mm-hmm. And right. I just hadn't heard a rapper That's say awesome. that. Right. I was just like, okay, this guy's try- he's right. trying to be yeah. original. Right, right, right. right? It's like, early 2000s. It's a different time. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You can imagine that lyric now. But but still, I mean, that's like, that's very visual. True. Green stop yeah, sign. Totally. Like, that's, yeah. you, you know, different. it's, it's yeah. hard to be like sort of simple and, uh-huh. and stand out. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the, the, um, the hearing songs that I'll tell you, I'll tell you one, that, a song that I remember, like it was yesterday, the moment where I was and affected me and then led to another record, which was in 2003, um, I had planned the longest like vacation of my life. It was almost three weeks. I was going to Brazil with uh, five friends. I remember that. Um, and um, I had got one of those big brick I- um, iPods, <laughs> those like ones that you're like held 60 gigs. It was yes. like crazy. Which was a huge deal, <laughs> And it was like, like four songs. It was like it looked like three wallets stacked right, right, on top right. of each yeah. other. It was just you know deep one. And I ripped. I I had this pile like you know I listen to so many demos every single day. I always prioritize demos, but then I like have albums that I want to listen to. And the albums used to be physical, and they just would stack up, right? Mm-hmm. So I had like this like stack of like sixty albums that had like been you know meaning to listen to, and I just ripped them all into this brick iPod, and I just went down. <laughs> to Brazil and basically soundtracked. I was just ripping through these 60 albums while doing whatever we were doing. Uh-huh. And I was on the beach in in Rio with this hot just beach in Rio is crazy because it's like it's like a shopping mall is just passing by <laughs> you you're just sitting there and then the, come by offering water and then they come mm-hmm. by offering with a cart with a full bar on it uh-huh. and they offer you like some sunscreen then they come by with like <laughs> rough hats right. and they're like they're just, it's full amazing on, yeah. and, you know and just amazing and, <laughs> um, and I hear this um, this uh I was listening to the, this Talking Heads like Greatest Hits box set and at the end of it it had two unreleased demos. They're like original demos before they'd got signed. Oh. And there was this one little um thing of this guitar strum and then and it had this 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 great backbeat and I was like the first thought I remember just sitting on the beach hot and just like listening to me and just thinking, "Oh my god, this is what 3000 heard and inspired him to write." 
um, hey, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I was like, I just figured you got it out. It. I was like, you got it. Yeah, where did that song come <laughs> right, from? Right, Every right. song comes from something. Right. Everything is a domino. I want to make my own domino set right. eventually, just like <laughs> like to symbolize how like one thing connects to another. But um, and then and then this this vocal comes in, um, and it's um, um, uh, it, put the sugar on my tongue, and this this um, crazy lyric, and I'm like, holy shit, that's a hit. Mm-hmm. Chorus uh-huh. like you know, give me, give me, give me some whatever, and um, and I was like, I, f- I saw what they cracked with Heya, and then there's this hit chorus that that three thousand didn't yeah, use, right? You know, that was how right. I listened to right, it, right? Okay, um, and I came back to LA and I sent the song to like ten different producers to make. Um, to, to flip into mm-hmm. records and like all 10 were like, ah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> you like, you took the romance out of my yeah. excitement of what I was experiencing, right? Yeah, it was like, and they were like, you know, it wasn't a soul sample. It was like, you know, like late 70s, early yeah. 80s um, alternative mm-hmm. music yeah. or whatever, but it was and happy alternative music. Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. weird, weird yeah. subgenre. And, um, <laughs> which was rare. <laughs> which, yeah. yeah. And then I think I remember like after like the like 10th producer passed on doing it, I, I, I went, I was at a show at the Viper Room and mm-hmm. there was this like hip hop band and with a beatboxer and um and I just invited them to come over the next day to my studio. I said, "Could you you want you guys want to come over and help me on something?" Mm-hmm. And I just made a uh, I had just bought a real eight hundred eight like okay. like find like a yeah. classic yeah. eight hundred eight and made this um um the Trick Daddy um uh, Ludacris CeeLo record mm-hmm. called called Sugar <laughs> off of that and it was just um but it was uh, no big no <laughs> yeah. but the the um. Yeah, but being on the beach in Rio, and I don't, you know, the funny thing is, I listened to sixty other albums, uh-huh. and I can't remember one. It was that other moment, one, <laughs> other one that I listened to, and I remember that moment of hearing that song, <laughs> which is crazy too, because it kind of, it's like two songs will take you back to that one place, because <laughs> you hear those, oh, yeah. you hear like the OG version, and then the one that it turned into. That's crazy. No, Talk I, about right place, right time for that band that was at the Viper Room, though. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Jeez, that's it's like it. the fairy tale of like, yeah, we were playing the Viper Room, and then all this guy walks up to <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Come to my studio tomorrow. <laughs> well, I didn't sign them, so yeah. it wasn't exactly it wasn't Oops. perfect for them, but it worked out. No doubt, man. No doubt. Talking about signing, Mike, you signed a lot of uh, incredible artists over the year. Man. Yeah, a couple. Like you know, one or a hundred. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can you you know maybe share a little bit with us? Yeah, I'm trying to think in in context of this of like when I heard what mm-hmm. and like what and where. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a of a good early one where I liked where I just heard a song that like I remember um, I remember a funny one. Um, this is a true story, and I'm just going to give somebody a lot of props for this and make me look bad, but I'll say it anyways. So I had a friend who um, told me that his friend, my friend Josh, um, he told me his friend was working at like this cool startup um, R&B label, and, mm-hmm. and he gave me like this eight-song sampler. Remember everyone did samplers yeah. Yeah, back yeah, then? Sure. And I had two songs um, per artist for like um, eight different artists. And he gave it to me, and I listened to it, and there was this... Uh, this like soul, male soul, kind of like um, Bill Withers, just incredible um, vocalist on there. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to send it to my boss, Craig. Um, and uh, I sent him the the, the demo and uh, he, he like hit me back. He was like, oh, my God, this is a smash. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? He said, yeah, this is a smash. This is a thank you. Let's let's go after this immediately. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, which song? And um, he he picked another song that wasn't even from the artist. <laughs> Had nothing to do with you. I like, yeah. And it was uh, the song he heard was, uh, which now is like still a classic song and like a favorite of mine. But I just, I don't know, I glossed over it on mm-hmm. first, which was uh, Sunshine Anderson heard it all before. Oh, yeah. What, uh, yeah. Um, and that was like, I don't know, the second song on the sampler. And the, the stuff that the artist that I loved, which was track three and four, was Anthony Hamilton. Uh-huh. Um, and um, Equally. Amazing, <laughs> uh, yeah. But like you know, and so we we basically um, um, did this label deal with these guys. He's like, they had like they were um, um, they had this super backing. They mm-hmm. were just it was the first time I actually saw like like they'd invite me to dinner crustaceans and there were uh-huh. like twenty eight people yeah. there, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh shit, it's a nice how, twenty thousand yeah. dollar dinner. I was like, yeah. I was like, how do I get out of here? Because they may be thinking I'm paying for <laughs> right, it exactly. And I had like That's a not tiny work, expense right? account. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm ordering like a Coke and leaving. Right, right, exactly. No ice. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, so yeah. So then, then, um, and that was crazy. And they they went crazy and they bankrupted the label. Oh, and, wow. and we had gotten, of those dinners. And we had, yeah. and we had gotten Sunshine Anderson out and like that was like that turned out to be a hit. And uh-huh. uh, which which of course it was. And and Sunsh- and like Anthony Hamilton got like trapped in the middle of this. Uh, bankruptcy from oh, the label. Stinks, and it was just, what a voice. What yeah, a voice, yeah. And then, and a great guy, and like a loyal guy who's still with like his manager for mm-hmm. like 15 years. Oh, wow. Like, we're just That's rare. grinding it yeah. out. I know, I know. That's so um, rare. Not like, uh, you know, social climbing artist like yeah. sometimes I see the social climbing artist and and like I guess that's kind of necessary because that's yeah. what you're doing you're growing your career you're, well, yeah. and especially then, these days right I mean it's kind of like well you gotta think you, you you know you get to different levels of your career and if you're of course if your you know partner or manager or whatever is mm-hmm. it is, doesn't want to work as hard as you want right. then uh, you gotta you know, go yeah, you, gotta, of course. you can't get held back but then if you know if they do then there's that you know is it a is it a, a move is it just a shortcut or is right. it something because it's necessary. But um but yeah that was one I remember um I remember like hearing that at that like at that moment. I also remember some like songs. I remember like I signed this this um I loved Outcast. I like yeah. like Outcast was like probably yeah. one of my favorite acts. And you know, what do you do when you're an A and R guy and like you can't, you're at the wrong label to work with your favorite act. Mm. Like, you kind of hear something that is, that like, you like in similar ways right. and you sign it, right? Right. So I, I got this um, um, demo from um, these these uh, college kids in Kentucky, in uh, Western Kentucky State, um, which is right outside of Nashville and um, Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I, I, I flew down and they had this, they just had a vibe. It was it was like a eight member group, which mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I couldn't find, they had no manager. I had them for like two years I couldn't find a manager everyone was like eight member rock group no, no thanks yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that sounds like an absolute yeah. nightmare right and I got down to six members and I had like a, a verbal agreement that I would send three on the road at a time and so I was like going around the manager I was like there's only six and, and only you only have to put three on the road at a time you know? yeah, like, like okay I'll let you know right uh, like, and still it was Can hard I to get my three <laughs> it, was, it was still hard to get a manager but I worked with them for like a long time and we we're trying to figure it out 
I'm trying to find the sound and trying to find the producer. And they actually found this guy who was working at a Verizon store mm-hmm. and um and they were they were like on to something and they 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 sent me um a CD um FedEx at the time because mm-hmm. that was how you yeah, got exactly. CDs. And I it came to my apartment. It was my first apartment and I got it um on the it showed up on the day of my birthday, which was a Saturday, <laughs> Saturday mm-hmm. morning delivery. Remember you had to pay extra yeah, for that? Oh yeah, Saturday for sure. Yeah. Way extra. Yeah. <laughs> and and I and I pulled it out and it was a song called the group was called Nappy Roots and the mm-hmm. song was called On Nah. And the first demo for On Nah, I just remember pop like hearing it and I was like, oh shit. That's awesome. We're going to break this We group. got one. Yeah, this we is got a hit. Yeah. And just that, like being alone on my birthday before dinner, right. like kind of just, you know, dancing around the room. What a birthday present, like, man. Exactly. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. But that's the best part of like, I feel like every day I, lo- you know, I get up at seven and like I'll turn on the computer mm-hmm. and a bunch of emails come in that were sent overnight from sessions or from producers. And I'm like, any day, it's like, it's like you're getting 20 birthday presents. Cause you know, right, you open yeah. a bunch of birthday presents. Yeah. You don't, you don't like all of them. Right. Exactly. Like, but that one, but, but any time you could be getting, yeah. <laughs> but any day you could be getting yeah. like the best birthday present ever. So yeah, awesome. man. like an Ed yeah. Sheeran or you know, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. I, you can't get those every day. No, no, that, no, no, that, not every day for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. You man. said uh, you said your boss, Craig, was it Craig Aronson? Craig Craig Kalman. Craig Kalman. Craig Kalman. Yeah. Who I worked with for now uh, twenty twenty four years, almost oh, twenty wow. almost twenty five years. Listen, he's got the meanest crossover and layup in basketball you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) Wow, I've never seen it. Really? I've never seen him play basketball. Let me tell you something. We would be in Miami. He was crossing over. I mean, he's a freaking animal. I never seen that. I was like, what is going on? This (laughs) little dude. (laughs) Wow. Never saw it. Never saw anything like it before. Incredible, man. I remember, I remember, um, yeah, I remember a lot of like the hits, like where I was when I was, when like the great songs came in. Like this one day when this, uh, I met with this publisher for the first time and he brought in this five song CD Mm -hmm. of demos of rough like ideas from this new artist that he was publishing or I don't know if he signed him or if like he had the company assigned him and just said, hey, you work this. Mm-hmm. And the first one on there or second one on there was um, was Akon. Uh, I see uh-huh. you wanting and gone. Yeah. And, wow. and I was like, oh, yeah, this is available? Yeah. Of course, I like sent it to, I, sent, I think I said applies at the time uh-huh. and he cut it and just threw it out the yeah. next day. Right, yeah. And, like, <laughs> and screwed and messed it up because I don't know, like, if they knew anyone knew about that song, but uh-huh. as soon as Plies's version like exploded in uh-huh. Miami from that day, yep. like it went right back and yeah. it got pulled. And, yeah, like, and, that, yeah. and they were like, oh, no, 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 we're keeping this one. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah, I have a funny Plies story. I don't know if you remember this. Well, we got a million Plies stories, but so I mixed a record called uh, Shorty. It was him mm-hmm. and T Pain. Drummer Boy produced it, right? It was Drummer yep, Boy. Yep. So, I get, so we, we get it done, it's all mastered. Mike calls me pissed. Fabian, I have to ask you something. I'm like, what, Mike? What, what happened? Because like, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. He's like, what makes you think suck, you with, suck Me With Ice is allowed to be played on the radio? <laughs> Why would you leave that in the clean verse? <laughs> but it was like last minute. Everything was done already. It was yeah. mastered. So it's like in production, like about to go out. And he's like, what is more Like he was so mad at me that day. I remember that, man. <laughs> Oh, you, so you it's know just an, another funny one of that is I used to do the clean edits myself, uh-huh. like at, like early Pro Tools, maybe three, uh-huh. and that was like the most amazing thing because I could then do these clean edits so quickly, and because um, you can see it, yeah, exactly, yeah. See, yeah. yeah. And so uh, there's this Trick Daddy record, and he calls me mad one day, mm-hmm. and I said, "What?" He goes. 
why did you take? I'm, I'm going to mess up this word, but mm. um, uh, ziffel, z- ziffel, 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 like out of the clean version. <laughs> and I was like, I thought that was like some sort of drug, right? Right. And he's like, he's like, is it? Right. He's like, he's like, it's it's the type of bottled water we drink in Miami. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> You know oh, Zephyr, Zephyr, Zephyr Hills. Zephyr, it was probably Zephyr. I think that's a bottle of water down there that, that's popular, yeah. I thought it was like, you know, one of those, you know, like... Who knows, yeah. Like, I feel like with Trick Daddy, technical. you're better off guessing it was explicit. Yeah. I just figured it was the name of a drug that I hadn't heard of. <laughs> right. It just sounded technical. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> better safe than sorry. Like, uh, out. Yeah, totally, uh, yeah. man. Totally. That was that was the uh, I, oh god one of the most uh, the only time I really thought I was getting fired ever was like I got a call that like the Time Warner board had like been like message. This was back in the whole you know whatever era when I had I had, I was also doing the clean versions, which mm-hmm. I stopped after this because uh-huh. I tur- I took out the 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 F word, uh-huh. um, but by you know you take out you leave the first the. F- the and then, yeah. and you take it out, but there's a snare right after that. Uh-huh. And so when you hear when you hear uh, like a clicky snare, it goes. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, it's, and like and like no, the word is not right. There. The word is not there. I promise we you. We hear the word. Right, yeah. It's not there. We hear. I'm it. looking right at it. It's not there. Right. But then like, but then they're like, it doesn't matter. If right. people hear it, it doesn't matter if it's not there. They're gonna get if sued. The mother like, from Walmart's yes, gonna call. Yeah. No, yeah. the mother mother from Walmart did call. Yeah. Oh. The letter was there, and I was like, oh jeez. <laughs> I feel like you have to take out so much less of a swear word nowadays. Oh no, it's so different yeah, now. You just gotta take out like half of the vowel. Yeah. Even like you watch TV at night, like I'm watching like I'm watching Housewives. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, did, did they just say what I think they said? Did you just say what I think you said? <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. My 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 the one show I watched that I I'll I'll, I'll stand behind it because mm-hmm. it just gave me it gives me just memories was uh, Storage Wars. Oh, I love oh, Storage Wars. Yeah, yeah. cuz I would fast forward it. I'd only watch on TiVo cuz you could you could yeah. get through a good episode in 8 minutes. Yeah, easy. Yeah. You yeah. just you just wanted to see the storage yeah. thing right. open exactly. all the other talking yeah. Yeah. They, like, they but, can't go all the way in but they all like yeah. They have that lean. Right. Like, <laughs> I'd have like one of the doctor's stethoscope yeah. thing. With the, <laughs> the dentist thing. I've always wanted to go do it. Yeah. The, like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I basically did that a thousand times by just going to swap meets and, and uh, obscure record stores yeah, and, uh-huh. and secondhand thrift shops and looking through records. And every time you, you, you're looking through a, a cre- you know, creative used records looking for treasure, it's yeah. like the Storage Wars is the closest thing to that. Sure. But um, yeah, let me think. More songs that like, uh, that like affected me. I remember, I do remember... Um, I remember hearing the Straight Outta Compton album for the first time, mm. oh. and, I, and and I remember yeah. that was when I was twelve, and that was, um, and I I'd, I'd heard like Boys in the Hood, Easy E before yeah. that, but that album just came on. That album, and I want to say it couldn't have been. It was it the same year as um, as uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction because I, I I feel like it was. It was definitely around. I feel, look, I, can, I feel like I heard those in a first, both in a six month period. You both I remember listening to. I had like just got like you know seat like that was like right before I started DJing, and I like got this five disc player somehow for my birthday or Christmas or something, mm-hmm. and um, just listening in my room, just like full tilt. Yeah, um, and those two records, which sounded both insanely yeah. good. Yeah. 
like insanely good. And actually, from this, production to to make to every, they just they just do a wall of awesomeness. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, and the speakers. I don't know how I wound up with these. Like I uh, bought these like used speakers, these Altec Lansing like just oh, home stereo right, speakers yeah. that are still actually there in the in the lounge at our studios in Coenga. <laughs> and I awesome. at some point when I was like in my early twenties, I painted them white. They were like brown wood. I painted them white to fit into this apartment I got, and they sounded amazing. And these two was what, am I right? Did they both come out? Eighty eight. 87 was Appetite, 88 was Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, so around the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so I was, yeah, 11. So um, so now I'm like a year behind. So, But um, the, yeah, those records just sounded, they just, they had that, you know, both had their own sort of perfect mix wall of sound. Mm-hmm. At that time, like sonically, yeah. so much more impactful than anything I'd heard. They hit and, so hard, both, like the first song on both yeah. of them, it's just like, yeah. I'm like afraid to go back and listen to those records now because like I just when I just think about like low end and high end how crisp and how like they felt perfect and like yeah. they might if I'm if I hear them now I it'll, might, it'll I might find some flaws well well because you because your ear because your yeah your ears are your ears are a lot different now obviously yeah. well, they, they've grown different and also now even and you can't even compare it to today because back then you know the rules like you you could do a lot more dynamic stuff back then mm. on a sonic I mean on a technical end of things you know what I mean so it's like we don't have the luxury of making stuff sound like that anymore it's got to be you got to find that in being loud you know what i'm saying as opposed mm. to the the you know you could have it where there's there's a quiet point oh that's cool yeah. to have you could don't know now and now everything's <laughs> just got to be on you know what i'm saying the mm. whole time yeah mm. Yeah, back then you they would like just make the chorus louder. So everything, right? <laughs> yeah. The entire music and just vocals. Take, just take just the master fader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you lower the DB for the rest of the song, then the hook comes, you just flick it up and then yeah. bring it back down for the yeah. downbeat of the, the next verse. Yeah, for sure, man. Where'd you grow up, Mike? I grew up here. I yeah, grew oh, up like, Los Angeles. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. The rare Los I Angeles. I grew up native. like yeah. Right. I grew up. They call it, uh, the slums of Beverly Hills. The slums. <laughs> Had a rough slums, a rough area over there. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's actually actually right up the street. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but um, it was I was so lucky because I could um, I had a music plus about six blocks from my house, okay. so I, I stood in line. Um, um, I figured out about concert tickets when I was around twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. and that if you got up at like six and you waited for two hours, you could basically be at the front of the line right, and get yeah. the first pick on on like tickets. I went to. Like Jan Jackson, Rhythm Nation, oh, and, um, a bunch of a bunch of good tours for me, you know, pop tours at that point, mm-hmm. and then um, just you know being central to get to Hollywood or you know shows, and I went to um, Lollapalooza, you know, was easy to get to in 90, 91, 92, mm-hmm. 93, um, you know, Coachella from the beginning, uh-huh. like. It yeah. was, Some it, people don't know that it that it actually there Coachella's been around for more than like three years. A lot of people don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had some I remember Coachella um before like it, you know, in the early festival days, they just don't have all their like logistics. Like festival <laughs> yeah. logistics are crazy. Oh, every, yeah. every kid thinks imagine. they could throw a like a festival. It's so hard. <laughs> no, it's gotta and be nuts. It's I mean, just imagine how they have to be prepared for weather and prepared for like whatever. But um back then Coachella, you know, they'd have one. One, one weekend, it'd be two days, and those people, there's no stage coaster. They would be just working for two days a year. Like, the the, the security people didn't care. Right. They were yeah. like, oh, if I get fired, I'm like, what happens? Nothing? Right. Right. I'm, exactly. I'm not going to be back here for yeah, exactly. a year. Right, right, exactly. Um, and so, like, uh, I just remember one time, like, early Coachella, a friend of mine saying, oh, let's go backstage. And, and as I was in the business, but mm-hmm. he wasn't. And I was said, okay, how? Like, you yeah, know? like, what do you got going on? And here, um, <laughs> he, he, we walked to the, to the, 
main stage um, security gate and he goes into his um, jean jacket. I remember this like it was yesterday and pulls out a microphone that he bought at Radio Shack earlier that day and said to the security, I got to get to the stage and only these nine people are allowed to come with me. <laughs> Don't let anyone else in. Like very assertive, like he's supposed to be oh, here. Oh my God, yeah. so much confidence. Like I, like so much confidence. And then he got to back to the to the stage. Oh, so you worked, stage. you were in. Oh, it was in, it was in. And he went to the back of the stage and then he said, he said, uh, he looked around and he goes, who's in charge? This woman says, I am. And she says, I should fire you right now. I didn't approve any of these people. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's you amazing. gotta check with me before you let anybody anyone else on the stage. Wow. Talk That's about owning so it. I went for like 30 minutes before we all got kicked right, out. Right. Yeah. That it's was like cool. Physically thrown out. <laughs> I feel like the equivalent now is if you wear a radio, if you go to a venue yeah. and you just wear a radio with uh-huh. the thing on your shoulder. Yeah. Nobody ever stops you. Because yeah, why, you, would you wear, why would you have a radio? <laughs> a venue, I mean, this guy, he's got working. a radio. He must be somebody, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And you just act like you're yelling at somebody when you walk by. <laughs> For sure, yeah. man. Nice. Dang, man, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, and, but I do remember, I have those those moments. I remember seeing... Um, uh, Okay, well, this is di- diverting from when you heard a song for the first time, mm-hmm. but I remember the like the most like insane musical experience for me live, which I'm I'm more into re- recorded music than live music, but was um, ninety five uh, Central Park. It was either ninety five or ninety six uh, Central Park concert series, a free mm-hmm. concert series, seeing Roy Ayers, uh, who you know at that time I was you know tracked back all the samples and Trap Called Quest sampled them a lot and just all yeah. the the great Roy Ayers record and then the Roy Ayers everybody knows is um, everybody loves sunshine mm-hmm. so it was yeah. this like hot muggy day with just a ton of people smoking weed in Central Park and listening vibing out to Roy Ayers and right when he goes into everybody loves the sunshine of course it starts to rain <laughs> and, like, and you know like LA the place is empty yeah. New York not a single person moved right. it's like 95 degrees with rain you're sweaty yeah. Yeah. and high Muggy, and rain yeah. coming down yeah. and like it plays a song for like 12 minutes right 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 <laughs> and you're into it though you're having you're a good into time. it amazing yeah. like just can't can't believe that's actually like happening cuz it's just too <laughs> yeah it's too cool man too, too random awesome. and you remember yeah. it now that's dope of course that's dope of course man. and then i tried to go see him like um 3 months ago uh Adrian Young does uh, all this booking, all these insane, like, guys. The problem is, is some of them are, like, getting, you know, they're, like, classic musicians, so they're, some of them are really old. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them bring their sons, and their uh-huh. sons are, like, on their play. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. You know? And actually, Roy Ayers was playing that, playing, and he, he, was, he, was, he was not bad, but it was, like, not Central Park, you know, yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. It's hard to right. live up to that moment, though. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Yeah. But it's just you know, people a lot of times they say, "Oh, I want to work with this this you know producer," and I'm and like who like made these insane records in the yeah. '80s, and I'm like, "Do you want to work with them now, or do you want to go back to the 1980s?" <laughs> right. Because because yeah. you're not going to get that. <laughs> they're not the same person. They yeah. their ears are different. Their taste is different. Their interests are different. The equipment they're using is yeah. different. Right. They're just at a different place in their lives. Right. You know. It's that yeah, that moment's it's it's, yeah. it's gone. It's different. It could be yeah. better. It, yeah, could, it be could be better. Yeah, but, but it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's not the same. Right. You can't. You know. Yeah, totally. And by the way, they don't want to do the same thing they did like right, like, exactly. like thirty years ago. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're like yeah. they did it enough. Right. You know? For like, sure. Enough and enough and yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember also. Uh, 
I couldn't even remember digging in like certain times. I remember hearing um, this. There's this uh, uh, Brazilian. There's like Brazilian music I love, and there's this this like eclectic um, uh, Brazilian artist named Tom Zé mm-hmm. that I'd never heard of. Just from I was in Sao Paulo digging. There's this there's this crazy. Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but there's this like crazy kind of rare record shop in a mall in like this really sketchy part of Sao Paulo, and I, I would go there every trip and start digging and he just and the guy like he, he knew the the people that that came in to like dig for breaks uh-huh. and he would be like you know b-side three right, right. <laughs> like, oh, he knew exactly where the yeah, yeah, was he's like mike welcome back <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly great for you exactly yeah. <laughs> um, been waiting right tell nobody <laughs> Um, and hearing some of that stuff for the first time, but you know, it's in this hot, this, this hot, um, used record store in uh-huh. this mall in this, you know, and like, like ducking out from the records from are melting from vacation basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is hard. I mean, it's hard to find. Yeah. You'd put records on there and, um, they would be unbalanced. So much moisture like, and yeah. so much heat. It's like, it's worst case scenario for any kind of storage. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick it in yeah. a big book for a while. And yeah. Let it flatten back out. Yeah. Hope for the best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not much bass left, but it's all good. You know, also I'll tell you another memory and just record that just sticks in my mind is, uh, there's actually a couple of them, but from this era when I was, um, you know, 15, 16, 17 going out, there was this underage club sort of circuit in LA. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was this one, one of the DJs, this guy was named Speedy and, uh, he would play, you know, everything we knew, but then he would play like a 30 minute, um, uh, like, like sort of 80s funk set mm-hmm. he'd play you know One Nation Under the Groove yeah. he'd play Atomic oh, yeah. Dog he'd play Bounce Rocks Gay Roll yeah. and like I mean I, I think you know you heard some of the records that had been sampled but you never you never I'd never heard some of those records in full because Tribe Called Quest t- took you down this whole road of um, you know Lonnie Liston Smith and, yeah. and Ron Carter and all this jazz and Roy Ayers and all this amazing East Coast stuff um, and then um, I don't I don't think like you'd dug into like the, the West Coast samples as much at that time at that yeah. or at least I did because I wasn't kind of the hip hop I was like I was the beats I was sort of making right. but being in these in these clubs for the first time like meeting meeting girls from other high schools sure. and then um, which is a whole like, crazy experience in itself because like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. you only seen the same girls yeah, you know exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah and it used to be you know at that point you like I don't know. It's just a whole whole different era, a whole different you know situation. Sure. Like you didn't have you didn't have text relationship. You might like meet a girl at one of those places, and then you wouldn't see them or talk to them again until you saw them at another one of those right. places. Right. Or if you um, t- schools played each other in homecoming or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no Instagram. The, there's no Facebook. It's I, like, yeah. But yeah. that wouldn't happen for me because I wasn't in those. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, some of some of those records, some of the like Gap Band and. Um, um, just those those bring me back to those um, those clubs and this one DJ and this one sort of shady promoter and this whole <laughs> scene of people uh-huh. that was um, that was that was crazy. But that's part um, of why you were. That's part of your yeah. thing. That's what made you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was also the lucky being in LA. In LA, we had like a West Hollywood club called Ballistics when I was like thirteen. You could go in at thirteen years old. Oh, really? You could go oh, wow. in the club, and they had like you know every, all the relevant hip hop artists at that time uh-huh. played oh, there. Wow. And it was this Hollywood scene of like it was this you know actually. 
actually my cousin ended up marrying one of the partners, but it was oh, like really? um, uh, David um, uh, uh, Bud Bundy. Um, from, oh yeah, from like and there's uh, this, and it was Nick Adler who was Roxy, uh-huh. and they had this thing. So it was this totally friendly, you know, environment. Yeah. And, and like, how, what's the chances of that if right. you're from anywhere else? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're not that zero. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if it's happening in New York, this this. Something bad's happening that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it no, wasn't it was, as happy. It wasn't no, a I mean, it was ten times cooler if right. it was happening in New York right. at that time. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was also yeah. It wasn't getting you weren't getting your yeah. teeth knocked out either. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's this uh, legendary A and R guy um, who um, I was thought was interesting, and I read an article from him last like a year or two ago that was crazy, where he was just outing a lot of people he worked with. Oh, really? And I was just like, I gotta go. I gotta go take this guy to lunch and like ask him some questions. Right. And um, he's this guy's like he has a beard down to his belly and he's like nice. wears um all white and like all the time kind of like a you know kind of john lennon looking right. guy and that's he, like his persona yeah <laughs> exactly they and our um aerosmith for a long time and uh the one thing i had seen that seen something that he wear, wore all black when he was in new york <laughs> and i was like okay what's what's up yeah, with what's up the with all white in la and all you know an all white and black and all black in new york because i thought there was something like deep there yeah, yeah. and he said um well, it's simply, if I wore all white in New York, someone would punch me in the face and break my nose. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't want to get a broken nose. Right, wow. And that was it. That, that was, was it. Simple more as that. that. Otherwise, right. I would have worn all white, but I couldn't get away with it. <laughs> wow. I all mean, white in LA, all black in New York, and gray in Chicago. Gray, exactly. Something in the yeah. middle. Yeah. Something in the middle. All right. Desert Island album. Yeah. You get one album. Can't be a compilation. So soundtracks are out. Greatest hits are okay. But you get one album for the rest of your life. What are you going with? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of cheat because I think people um, answer this without thinking that they're on a fucking island, right? And then you got to go with the Bob Marley record. Oh, because, okay. All right, all right. All right. Nah, I like it because you're stuck you, there. That's the vibe. Because if you're gonna come and say I'm gonna listen to you know like a Todd Rundgren or like some you know for, for fucking <laughs> for twenty years yeah, on an exactly. island, you're, you, you, yeah, you've you're never crazy. been on an island. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Yeah, Bob Marley on the island. Like, Plus, if you're stuck, yeah. it's you're just happy now. Yeah, which goes back to one of my like my sayings with with artists and writers, and they're like you know uh, you know co-write. I write my own songs and I want to co-write or write, cut someone else's song because of my arti- artist and you know artistic integrity yeah. and I go cool that's all good uh, yeah Bob Marley he would never like co-write like or like hmm. imagine if One Love was like a co-write yeah. and they're like yeah. yeah and I'm like well yeah it was a co-write oh shit I forgot <laughs> you know, Curtis Mayfield bad example bad example don't, don't, you don't want you don't want a Bob Marley level yeah. career matter of fact I'm not even going to an island why would I be on an island right <laughs> Amazing, um, but yeah, I, yeah, the, the desert island one that's impossible. I think, uh, I think the uh, um, the 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 um, they say the trick to like a diet is like you could eat absolutely anything if you just had, to, but if you just chose one thing to eat, yeah, because it, you would get sick of eating it. You start eating less and yeah, less of exactly. it because you just go. So to imagine only listening to one album on an island for the yeah. rest of your life no, is uh, yeah, crazy. You, pretty brutal, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I'm really just uh, dancing around that. I yeah. think. Um, I don't know. It's so it's so crazy that changes, you know, at the different times of your life, and um, um, and uh, it would be it would be absolutely impossible. I get a migraine just trying to think about the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, because you're always listening to 
different music. And you just told us you go on vacation, you got 60 albums to get through while you're on vacation. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah. I do love, I mean, I'm not tired of listening to music pretty mm-hmm. much, pretty much ever. I do get tired of, you know, bad demos, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought you a couple. Man, so I have my answer to like now, like people not in the music business who who bring me something to listen to, and they're like, Do you mind listening to this? And I'm like, No problem, I'll listen to it as long as you've listened to it and you love it. Yeah, right. And then 99% of the time, they're like, like, No, I don't really love it, or I won't really listen to it, or I don't want to spend an hour. It it, it dead so so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Well, I don't really love it, and I haven't listened to all, but we listened to it anyways. And I'm like, um, I'm like, like, Why? how could I help you if <laughs> right. you won't even yeah. know what I'm referencing? Right. Exactly. You yeah, have exactly. to, like... Like, do you, you know, know what I do for a living? It's music, right? So if yeah. you can't even, like, you know, if you can't even give me something to go from, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Which oh. I'm happy to do, but it's, you know... Um, but only for those that are, you know, committed to um, doing something with that information anyways. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the wasted, you know, wasted yeah. time and wasted information and wasted talent is like, there's nothing worse. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike. What, well, can I get your Desert Island discs? Oh, oh, Since oh. you guys clearly asked that question because yeah. you have them. Uh, Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is, uh, mine's Ray Charles Hits the Road. Nice. Because it's got like a, a pretty timeless vibe, obviously. Uh, Georgia on My Mind is my mom's favorite song. And then just the musicality of it. I feel like you could listen to it and keep, at least keep yourself interested for a couple extra years. <laughs> but yeah, nice. that would be it. It's like sentimental, fun, and timeless. Where, where mm. are you plugging the stereo into? Yeah. Uh, coconut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're on an island with the full stereo, <laughs> yeah, Mike. No, no, no. Yeah, you brought, yeah, you brought the whole rig. Subwoofers, <laughs> the whole nine yards. It's yeah. a full PA surround <laughs> setup. Yeah, exactly. Man. What's yours? Oh, 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 the time just ran out on the thing. <laughs> no, what are you guys? No, answer? you guys are actually going to make fun of me because we talk Desperate about Desperate Housewives soundtrack. No, <laughs> and, no cause, cause mine kind of breaks the rule, but it doesn't. It's kind of like the exception. Yeah. Cause we do, it's the one we always talk about, but it actually would be mine. It would be the bodyguard soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. Like it literally, cause it's got all of my favorite stuff on it. Yeah. And, and every time I listen to that, it's like, it's just a different, like I could picture yeah. chilling with it forever. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds kind of corny, but. You don't need a stereo. You can just take David Foster. Exactly. <laughs> just, just, so, David, David so let's go. You got, you, got, you got Wilson and I'll Always Love You. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Pretty much. Or yeah. I'm Every Woman. <laughs> oh, that wasn't on there. I'm no, talking, no, the Queen was, of the Night. The Queen of the Night. Queen of the Night. You know what? I just realized, I just, I just thought of how Clive Davis got Whitney Houston to record that. Huh. I mean, for the movie, like if you think about it, like to do a well-known cover uh-huh. and that being one of her biggest songs, but yeah. she probably wouldn't have done a well-known cover for her own record. But right. for the soundtrack, you it can works. make the excuse. You could say, he probably said, oh, the movie company is saying yeah. this is the only song. It's mm-hmm. what the character would do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to get into the movie or you're not going to get into yeah. <laughs> that's, hey, that's pretty brilliant. I yeah. never, they would never even thought about that's that. That's the whole reason they made the movie. <laughs> the movie. Now the movie company said, we need Whitney. And Clive said, I'll do it as long as you put in contract that there's a song she has to say. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mike cracked right the code. Who are these the... people jumping over the wall coming in here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, FBI, the FBI just texted they, Yeah, we gotta go. Right <laughs> we gotta go. Well, Mike, right, thank, thank you so you. much, man. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Right. Appreciate it.
I feel smarter. Do I do I look smarter? You oh, I mean you always look smart, but now you look smarter. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Pocket I, protector. Yeah. Yeah. The whole I, I didn't even buy it, it just appeared out Yeah, that it episode. just was there. Yeah, because he <laughs> gave us so much knowledge. Who we got next week though, bro? We got Jojo Gomez. She is so yeah. dope, man. The best dancer and choreographer in the game. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you ask. She's She's yeah. the queen. Yeah, exactly. When when you talk about dancing, her name comes up immediately. Yeah. Yeah. She even walks cool. Like yeah. everything she does is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so sweet and humble too. It's weird to be so talented and so humble. I know. She choreographed my video for Flexible. Uh-huh. And I got so I got to go to rehearsal, obviously, and watch her do her thing. Yeah. And just like it it's it's unreal. It's, it's like, like she's I not even human. Like, how do you yeah, do that? Exactly. Right? And then somehow afterwards I could kind of dance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, just like debatable. Osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> debatable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. But man. she's awesome. She's a good hang. For sure. It's a good episode. Yeah, man. Jojo Gomez next week. Yeah, check it out. Tracks of life. Yeah.